Hello, this is Dr. Lynn McPherson, and welcome to Palliative Care Chat, the podcast brought to you by the online Master of Science and Graduate Certificate Program at the University of Maryland. I'm very excited about my guest today. Today, we have Ms. Amy Wilcox. Welcome, Amy. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So Amy is a student in our Master of Science program. So Amy, why don't you tell our listeners what you do in life? What's your role? All right. So I actually work for Life Center Northwest, and we are the federally designated Oregon procurement organization um, covering all of Alaska, Washington, and Montana. My specific role is donation and family advocate. And my role is um, really walking in and having conversations with families who are facing end of life um, of a loved one and um, talking to them about um, organ donation. And um, we bring into it whether or not the, the patient might be registered. Um, and if not, just uh, talk to them about what donation might look like. And then my specific role is to stay with that family and support them through uh, the process of donation, which actually takes um, usually two to three days. Um, and so I am their point of contact. I'm at the bedside. I'm either with them during COVID. I've been their liaison and um, helped them through uh, when they can't be at the hospital. Wow. I remember when you applied to the program thinking, why in the world would this woman want to be in our program? I mean, I don't mean to be obtuse, but hasn't the ship kind of sailed on palliative care by the time you get involved? So what drew you to getting an advanced degree in palliative care? I think that's a great question. Um, and it really does come full circle. Um, typically, a big part of my role is having really uh, in-depth conversations with the healthcare team who has been caring for the patient, who is sharing the grave prognosis with families. And then it's having a conversation with a family about end-of-life decisions and choices. So palliative care really fits that bill um, in that I need to, I really joined this program so that I could better my skills of communication um, not only with families, but with the healthcare team so that we can provide really comprehensive support for a family. Um, I always think of my role, I'm walking in to the worst day in a person's life, and I'm about to ask them for a favor. And that's a pretty significant pressure. And so my goal is to be as gentle and compassionate as possible and to partner with the healthcare team so that we're, I'm an added layer of support to the family and not um, doing more harm. Wow. So how has our, has our program helped you? And if so, gosh, I hope it did. How has it helped you? <laughs> it's helped me significantly. Uh, like I said, I really, um, the reason that I chose palliative care is that when I go into a hospital and because I work in so many hospitals throughout Alaska, Washington, and Montana, I'm meeting with new people all the time. And so a lot of times as I'm going through a chart and I'm looking at the past medical history, I'm looking at what the family has been told, kind of um, the direction that they're going. Um, I will always look and see if there are notes from anyone from the palliative care team. Mm -hmm. That all is always a good indicator to me that um, the family is um, been talked to, that they're starting to understand 
Um, and I usually can get a lot of great information because the conversations that the palliative team will have with a family are much more in depth than a physician walking in and giving a great prognosis. So the reason that I chose to go this direction is because I thought if, if they are having these um, really meaningful conversations with families in difficult time, then that will be beneficial to me. Uh, what I didn't expect was the personal and professional growth that this program has provided to me in so many ways. Communication is the tip of the iceberg and my communication has improved significantly. Um, this program also gives everyone who is a part of it really in-depth perspective on what's happening um, in healthcare and what's happening with specific roles in healthcare. So uh, for example, we have discussion questions uh, in this program and based on the readings that we're doing and information that we're learning, there are one or two discussion questions posted and everybody answers them and then we talk about them. I think what this does for us is that in this program, there are physicians, there are social workers, there are chaplains, there are nurses, everyone from the interdisciplinary team answers a question. And so what it does for us is I might answer a question one way, but if a nurse or a physician is answering a completely different way, it gives me a lot of perspective about what they're thinking about um, in the setting and what's important to them. So when I go in and have conversations, I can be better equipped to have a more comprehensive understanding of the big picture. It's not so linear and it's not just focused on what my needs are gonna be. I'm able to take everyone's um, understanding and everyone's goals into consideration. Uh -huh. That's wonderful. Yeah. So I'm curious what you thought of the courses that, for example, you know that in our program, I talk about team body and team soul. So team body are like the physicians, nurses, advanced practice nurses, pharmacists and PAs who are classically trained in the medical model and drug therapy. And then team soul is more like social workers, chaplains, um, and then what I affectionately call my other cohort. And I think you fall squarely into that one. Uh, yeah. People who are not really trained in the medical model or in drug therapy. So, but because I'm also a huge fan of transdisciplinary care, which is we all have to cover each other to some degree. How, did, what did you think of and how did you fare in the course like pain and symptom management? Did that throw you over the edge or what do you think? <laughs> it was pretty intense. I'm not going to lie, but it was so helpful to me. I spend most of my time that I'm on call on an ICU. Mm -hmm. And while that, it was really uncomfortable going into because I was just like, I should not be in this class. I shouldn't even be learning this. I shouldn't know. As we went through the course, I recognized how much it was helping me because I was able to understand when I was on an ICU and they're talking about pain and symptom management, um, I understood what the drug classifications were. I understand why they were doing what they were doing. And so for instance, um, sometimes I'm talking to families and they're talking about withdrawing those life-sustaining therapies. Mm -hmm. They want to do donation, but they're very fearful that their loved one might be uncomfortable or in pain. Mm -hmm. And this course allowed me to really understand what's happening so I can assure families pain management 
is happening, you know, and I'll call in a physician and a pharmacist so that we can have a conversation together about how we can make sure that their loved one is staying comfortable and pain-free and that we're being respectful and making sure that this is dignified. Mm -hmm. Um, And it allows me to have good conversations with the healthcare team and not say, you know, what's that? What is that thing you do? Now I can talk about the medications that they use and, you know, families' concerns uh, more effectively. It gave me a lot of confidence in the conversations that I'm having. That's great. That was a difficult course to design as well as the one on the basics of psychosocial, spiritual, cultural care. That course is just as uncomfortable for the doctor, nurse, pharmacist, PA, trust me. So yes, and we had lots of conversations about that. I've loved um, really developing relationships with um, people through this coursework. You know, I'm talking with people throughout the the country, throughout the world, really. Um, and it's really nice when we um, can be vulnerable with each other and share like, this is so uncomfortable, but it's a safe space to do it. And I had a lot of wonderful support when I was in the pain and symptom management class. And then I felt much more comfortable in the psychosocial and spiritual care and was able to give uh, feedback that was productive as well. So it's, you're really in this wonderful community of people and it's such a safe space Mm -hmm. um, to share those in. So when you go into, you know, the settings that you're used to working in, you kind of go in with this new clarity and confidence. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. Um, As you will very well know, but our listeners may not know, we have elective pathways. So we've got a clinical track, we've got a psychosocial, spiritual, a leadership, and then we have thanatology for someone who's interested. I assume you're in the psychosocial spiritual elective pathway, yes? I am, yes. And how have you found that to be? I found it really helpful. It's kind of given me some ideas for what I want to do uh, in the future. Um, Mm -hmm. When I move out of the world of donation, um, it's given me a lot of insight into different practices and different ways of practicing. Um, the other thing I love about this program is with each track, um, I know you and I had some conversations in the beginning that I knew this was the track that I wanted to go down, but there were also a few classes um, in the thanatology track that I was really interested in. And so we figured out a way to make those work so that I could take another class that I wanted that I felt would be really meaningful mm-hmm. um, for my professional career. And I think that that really encompasses what this program is about. This program is about how we can apply it on a daily level, Mm -hmm. how we can better ourselves and better support the families that we're working with, the patients we're working with and each other. It just is a really collaborative environment that um, opens the door so that we are just improving healthcare as a whole. Mm -hmm. I'm very proud of the fact that at the University of Maryland, Baltimore, through our graduate school, we have so many programs. Uh, I think we're all dyed in the wool pedagogical educators. What does that mean? It means that pedagogy is self-determined learning. So if we have a student such as yourself who um, wants to pluck a course from a different program and plug it into your current plan of study, uh, I'm very proud of the fact that we can generally accommodate that to make it exactly that meets your needs. I mean, that that will be important to me as a learner. So I'm very happy that we can do that. So, you know, we have had some uh, interesting 
other people in our program. We had a veterinarian, a dentist, uh, certainly death doulas, uh, child life specialists, activity directors, as well as the cadre of the, the usual suspects. But just this morning, I was speaking with a woman who's in charge of all the advanced practice um, nurse practitioners and PAs through all of University of Maryland. And I was saying, you know, palliative care really touches every practice of medicine, whether you're a physician or a pharmacist, and regardless of your practice area, whether it's like the ICU, I th personally think the ICU is 90% palliative care or outpatient. So what are your thoughts on that? And what would you say to someone who might think, oh, that would never be helpful for me? Or what would you suggest people think about who are considering the program? Um, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think the overall goal of palliative care is it is specialized medicine, but it's um, a specialty that everybody should have some practice in regardless of, of what your role is, because mm -hmm. everyone deserves to be treated with respect. Everyone deserves that dignity and the empowerment of helping figure out what the right pathway is for you, um, for patients and for families, that quality of life is critical and it's different for everyone. And so this program really offers this breadth of information that we can all utilize um, in many ways. And at the very least, um, if you don't feel like it's gonna help you with uh, families or patients, it's going to help you uh, collaborate better with your team members and everybody that you're working with, not only collaborate, but how to support better and how to create a, an environment that people want to be part of. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really beautiful thing about this program is it's so much bigger than pain and symptom management uh, for patients. It's pain and symptom management for each other and for the world in general. Well, thank you for your kind words. I'll give you 20 minutes to stop that, Amy. Good all right. to going all day long <laughs> talking about our awesome program. Yeah, I think we've got pretty good data that everybody's going to eventually transfer to the eternal care unit. So uh, it yes. is coming whether we like it or not. And I do think it's been such a beneficial move that palliative care has been kind of moved upstream and introduced increasingly with the diagnosis of a serious illness, not necessarily a terminal illness. So right. uh, palliative care is just this added extra layer of support where we just want to help patients and families and, and just give them the most support that we can, which sounds very much like your job, as a matter of fact. So you said many, many things you like about our program. If you've gone to your head, what's your favorite thing about it? That it's almost done? You're almost done the master's? <laughs> yes, I'm almost through the program. It's amazing. Um, I think that if I could just like really look at the big picture of what I've experienced um, throughout the program, our social and political climate has been so, um, so much in disarray. And I think one of the things that this program really instilled in me is more confidence um, in the area of inclusion, equity, and diversity. Mm -hmm. um, we learn about cultural humility and I'm a pretty optimistic, open person, but there was um, a lot of points along the way that gave me a lot of self-reflection and helped me figure out how I could do things differently and how I could do things better. And I think what that has allowed me to do is walk in um, with confidence and when I'm witnessing um, cultural bias or um, 
you know, working with uh, people of color when I'm working with a family um, from someone from the, the homeless community, I would be very careful and kind to them, but I had a really hard time using my voice to make things better um, as a whole. And I think that that's where I've changed the most. It's been noticeable that I am able to not go in and call somebody out, but I'm able to go in and gently have a conversation with someone about what I'm witnessing and why I'm having a hard time with it and talk about what we can do to better support. And it's made such an impact, not only on me, but the people that I'm with who are now saying, oh my gosh, there's a way to start incorporating this change. Um, And it's beautiful. So I think that has had a tremendous impact on me, but on the the larger community. Overall, my very favorite thing about this program is it's joyful. I am part of the most amazing community. I have turned to people in my courses privately and personally, and I've said, you mentioned this in a discussion question. This is something that happened to me today, and I just, I would really love your insight. I would really love your help here. I've made lifelong friends Um, I have a few friends in the program that we can't wait until COVID is over and we're planning trips together. Um, So I think that it's been really beneficial in learning and personal growth, but it's also given me a chance to be part of a community, something that's so much bigger than myself and something that is truly, truly joyful. Yes, I I agree with you there. I love on our cyber cafe in every course, not only do we talk about, hey, this link is broken, but people would post personal things. And I remember one nurse who graduated from our program uh, as a hobby is a photographer, but she's like professional grade. She uh, connected with another uh, student in the program, a nurse, and ended up taking the pictures for her wedding. So, oh my gosh, that's so fun. It is crazy. So hopefully when COVID lifts, we'll be able to have our uh, graduation celebration back in Baltimore, you'll be able to make it for that one. I don't know about uh, this August, but definitely by next year, I think we'll be back in the saddle. I so appreciate your comments and your thoughts on the program. And you certainly do have an interesting background, girl. And I will be curious to see where your path takes you next. So it'll be really exciting. I also think we should throw in there too, to people who are considering this program is manageable. Um, I work crazy hours. Most of the people in the program work really not so hours. Healthcare is just that way. This program has been very manageable and it's so helpful that it's it's a treat to get to go to your homework after after work because you know that it's going to be a great way to decompress. And so for anybody who's thinking, wow, that sounds great, but seriously, I don't have time for this in my life. I promise it's so manageable and it's adulting. So uh, our instructors are very open when you have that insane week. If you just give them a heads up, this is happening to me right now. It's it's collaborative and it's, it's really helpful. So I mean, um, people are going to think I paid you to say all these nice things. (laughs) No, I actually paid um, to go to graduate school, which, you know, is another great aspect. It's affordable. The program is amazingly affordable um, for in-state and out of state. It's Mm -hmm. amazing. Um, But no, I am so happy to just do this because it's brought so much to my life that, you know, the least I can do is give back and, and share my my experience. So thank you. And I think you know my big uh, next big thing is we are approaching the final runway for final approval from hopefully the Maryland Higher Education Commission 
for the next step for us, which will be the online PhD in palliative care. Wow. So that's still pending approval. I want to make that very clear, but uh, we are very, very hopeful that perhaps even this fall. So maybe that's so exciting. That, Miss Amy. <laughs> um, yeah, you'll, you'll have my application pretty quick. Okay. That sounds <laughs> like a plan. Well, I'd like to thank uh, my guest, Amy Wilcox, for um, participating in our podcast today. This is very illuminating. Again, this is Dr. Lynn McPherson, and this presentation is copyright 2021, University of Maryland. For more information on our completely online Master of Science and Graduate Certificate Program in Palliative Care, or for permission requests regarding this podcast, please visit graduate.umaryland.edu forward slash palliative. Thank you.